I'm Caleb Kid Coy, Epic Legacy Hero Builder, and I'd like to welcome you to Living Like a Bank. Along with myself, you'll hear from other successful experts and people who are busy serving and empowering many lives. You'll see how we're showing others to become debt-free in record time as they build economic discipline while generating a bulletproof family legacy revenue stream together. We'll learn how to live and operate just like the banks do. Today, I'm speaking with David Weiner, founder of Global Renaissance and author of Banking Like a Bank. Let's get right into that conversation. So Dave, you authored a powerful book. It's available on Amazon called Banking Like a Bank. And this book is the culmination of over four decades of your personal experience, but it's a blueprint. It's essentially a compass that points people in the direction of what they can do to imitate the banks and these strategies that you use, your agents use and clients use to bank just like the banks do. And obviously you've just shared with us one of the primary reasons that help compel you to write this book. Talk to us in detail about some more of those reasons why you just knew you had to get this information out to the world. Well, you know, if you go back to the mid-1970s, and, and, and Caleb, I, you know, most of us don't remember them, but we had, we had lots of events that occurred in the 1970s that were real. We had an energy crisis. We had lines at the gas stations where gas stations were saying, I'm out of gas today. We saw inflation run at, at a pace that we're trying, to, we're trying to match today again. I thought we'd never do it again. We, we saw mortgage rates climb to 14, 15%. Car loan rates climb to 18%. We saw unemployment and layoffs. I remember having it for us in 1979, having at that time to, to bail out Chrysler. We saw a lot of historical events. And what did the American people do? They didn't understand that the backbone of the United States financially was the buying and selling of consumer goods. It was the backbone of our economy back then, the manufacturing arm. If we didn't buy products and services, then jobs didn't exist. People didn't go to work. And the federal government deemed that the only way to keep this economy going was to get people to spend money they didn't have. And they changed a huge, huge perception they, they, they schnookered the people into spending money they didn't have, and what I call paymentitis in the mid-70s. The, the government allowed people at that time to write off the purchase on a car, write off the purchase on a second home, deduct the, the interest on a credit card from their tax return. And yes, we were in higher marginal tax rates than we are today. They were huge. Mar you know, the marginal tax rates in this country were huge compared to this era. But we needed people to spend money. And by the 1980s, the average consumer no longer thought of a, of, of a purchase of a car being five or six or 7,000. They thought of it as $292 a month. People started to get into debt. They started to spend their entire paycheck. Their savings at that point compared to the rest of the world for saving for retirement became almost extinct. 
You know, in Japan, they were saving 10% of their wage. Americans at one point in the 1980s were down to 1% that they were putting away. But keep in mind, in the 60s, 70s, and into the early 80s, at least if you worked a J-O-B job, yeah, you got a, you got a pension at the end of 20 or 30 years. Somebody gave you your income after you 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 you, you worked for some company. They gave you the golden handcuff promise. We'll, we'll pay you when you no longer work. But they even took that dream and, and that facade away from the American people. They've been, they, the American people have been bantered and abused, but they started getting in the debt. And, they, and, and the next two or three generations of, of people over the last 40 years think it's normal to uh, have the abundance of their paycheck go out in debt payments. No. Before you worry about saving money, before you worry about trying to imitate an institution and learn learn the secrets behind the scenes, you have to realize you can't save enough money. There's nothing left over inside your paycheck to get you where you need. You throw in inflation and you throw in people now bickering at each other and, and hate, you know, you got half the country hating the other half and I'll give you an example, Caleb, that would make you sick to your stomach for a second. If we raised taxes to 100 cents on a dollar of every dollar you took in and left you nothing and did that for every American, every rich one, every poor one, it still wouldn't be enough money in collected revenue to pay off our deficit. This is a problem. It is a real problem. But for you, the consumer, you, the American, let's not worry about government for a moment. Let's not worry about your neighbor. Let's focus in on you. Let's just be selfish for one moment and say, okay, how do I get myself out of harm's way? How can I get myself out of the inflation trap? How can I get myself out of the nightmare of the debt trap? How can I get myself out of the, the factor of, of, of me risking my capital? And all we have to do is look at the rules that the government wrote for banks. Banks are not allowed to put their money at risk. They're not allowed to put their money in tier three capital. That's securities. That's where you see your money go up and down. If a bank's not allowed to keep their money there, why should we put our money there in tier three risk? If, if banks have found a way to keep their capital reserve where they don't pay taxes on it, why should we keep our capital reserves, our, our backbone of our financial money where we pay taxes? Don't you think we need to learn what banks have done because they've been more profitable than us? Or do we keep taking the advice of the, of the ones that want to keep us basically buried in debt buried in taxation, and whatever money we do manage to put away every six, seven years gets eroded by market risk. None of those things are smart. All those things, the nonsense that we have put up for the last four decades have got to come to an end, don't you think? Without a doubt. But I'd like to thank you for taking the time to be here with us today and answer these questions. I know that people are going to go away with um, just an ease of mind and hoping essentially that the burden maybe that they've carried is now a realization that that debt can become their greatest future legacy asset. 
Thanks for tuning into the show. Please be sure you subscribe on YouTube or the podcast on anchor.fm and follow me on social media at Metalpreneur. If you're ready to talk about building your own bank, use the QR code or go to rebrand.ly slash build a bank. Be sure and join us for the next broadcast as together we learn to live and operate just like the banks do.